day, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. Earlier this week, the United States reached a sobering and grim new marker in our pandemic reality. COVID-19 has now killed 500,000 people in this nation. That's half a million lives lost. As news about how this virus has ravaged every inch of this country has continued to pour out over the last year, it's easy to become numb and desensitized as a way of trying to cope with all this relentless despair. But I want to take this moment to recognize that those 500,000 people were parents. They were friends and sons and daughters and co-workers and relatives and community members. In my own life, there are 13 people I know who were alive at this time last year but are gone now because they contracted COVID. And I don't expect that that number will stay there. I don't expect that that will be the final tally before all of this is over. It's even hard to remember sometimes back to this time last year when the virus was making its way through parts of the Pacific Northwest and was present in some other countries, but was little more than a blip on our collective radar. So much has changed in a year. And now at the start of 2021, vaccine distribution is beginning to roll out. Cases are dropping drastically overall. But there are also new variants of the virus. And there are big questions to ask about what life will look like even after most of us get the vaccine. Here to talk with us about this moment is a familiar voice on this show, our friend Dr. Paul Kilgore. He's an associate professor and director of research at Wayne State University's College of Pharmacy and Health Science. He's also a principal investigator at Henry Ford Health System and an expert in vaccine research. Dr. Kilgore, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. It's great to be here with you. Thank you. Yes. So I want to start with your reaction to this number, 500,000 deaths in the United States uh, as a result of, of COVID-19. Is it a surprising milestone for you? Is there anything about this that if we went back a year before all of this happened that you would not have been able to predict in terms of the amount of loss that that we would all experience. Yeah, that's a great point, Stephen. I think it's very difficult for anyone to have been able to project the level of devastation that this disease has had, not only in the United States, but globally. And, you know, we here in Michigan have been severely affected. And, you know, in the African-American population alone, uh, we see now the, the latest tally is 3,000 420 deaths in Michigan alone. And we also know that a lot of these deaths are occurring in older age groups and, and more among men and uh, males in general. So we still have a lot of work to do. There's no doubt about it. And the vaccines will be an important tool, but it's not the only one for sure. Mm. So how are you feeling as a researcher and a physician at this point? We are in a very different era with the pandemic 
than we were just a few months ago. We're certainly in a different space than we were last spring or last summer. The vaccine is a game changer, and I don't think anybody can can deny that. But but give me a sense of how much hope you have because of the vaccine and how much change you anticipate we'll be able to make in our lives once we get to the the sort of you know critical mass point of of, of people taking that vaccine. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, I think there's a couple reasons to be optimistic, but also cautious. And the first is that we do have now two vaccines that are out and being used and distributed, and people are getting those. That's the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, the mRNA vaccines. This week, the FDA is going to be reviewing data from the Johnson Johnson trial, and that looks to be also uh, performing very, very well. And the safety profile is good. Uh, The efficacy looks very good as well in preventing especially severe disease and hospitalizations and deaths. So that's a very important uh, message. The other thing that we've seen, of course, is a change from the administration at the national level. So the plans and rollout of the vaccine from the level of CDC onward to the states is becoming more clear. The vaccine supply and pipeline is going to be opening up more in March. Um, We've also gotten news on that. But at the same time, you know, we have these new variants that we have to be very, very cognizant of, um, watching for, testing for, and keeping a lookout for here in Michigan and other states, because there's really three variants that we're concerned with at least. One is the UK variant, which has spread throughout the United States. The other is the South African strain, which has been introduced in the United States and we know has the potential to move. And then we have a California strain, uh, which now we have just recent information coming out suggesting that it is more transmissible and potentially causing more severe disease. So reason for optimism, reason for caution. Coming up this year, I think what we're going to see um, as the summer and spring weather uh, really comes to us is a potential reduction in transmission just because of the way that the virus uses weather and uh, lower humidity to travel. It travels better on droplets in lower humidity. But at the same time, if the variants are causing uh, people to get sick and it's easier to transmit these variants, we're still going to need to be very vigilant about wearing face masks, social distancing, and making sure we get access to the vaccine as soon as we are eligible. Mm. So uh, the, you're, you're talking about the, the, the things that are, that are making this maybe worse for us right now, and, and I want to kind of drop a, an information point in there. According to an analysis by the Kaiser Family Foundation, the disease killed at least 100,000 people in the past five weeks and was the leading cause of death in our country in, in January, which, which again stands in such stark contrast to the news about the vaccine and the rollout of the vaccines. Um, it's, it's one of those things that, that I, I feel like we're reaching a point where we're going to have to realize that there isn't maybe uh, an actual turning point in in this fight against the pandemic. In other words, there's not going to be a point where we can say we've beaten this, we, we've controlled it, and we can move on. It's going to be something that is going to have to integrate into our lives 
going forward. And we're going to have to figure out how to integrate it into our lives. And that may mean permanent changes, not just temporary fixes. Right. And and I think you're absolutely right, Stephen. We do have a potential for that kind of change in our lifestyle and the way that we interact with each other. And, you know, I remember many years ago, back when 1999, I was living in Korea. And one of the things that I immediately noticed is the behavior of fat, uh, face mask wearing um, when individuals were sick themselves. And they did that to reduce transmission from one person to another. We may really need to think very carefully about how we adopt mask wearing in this country as a uh, more, uh, I'd say, permanent activity. Um, and that will actually really help reduce transmission. When people wear a mask covering the nose, covering the mouth, and now I would recommend wearing a, t a multi-layer mask. And if you have a cloth mask, wear a disposable mask under the cloth mask to help reduce transmission. And that double layer and multiple layering of the mask would be very, very helpful in really helping reduce transmission and your exposure as well. I'm talking with Dr. Paul Kilgore about the milestone that we reached recently in this country. 500,000 deaths as a result of COVID-19 in the United States. We're talking about what that milestone tells us about the pandemic. We're talking about the other news around the pandemic, about vaccines and the rollout of vaccines. And of course, talking about the near future. What's it going to look like for us? How soon can we start doing some of the things that we stopped doing when the pandemic hit? Uh, how permanently might our lives be altered by the pandemic? Uh, we want to hear from you as well about this milestone and this particular time in uh, in our lives. How are you feeling at this point about the pandemic? Uh, are you feeling hopeful you feeling maybe isolated or confused? Uh, tell us what you're thinking about the vaccine. Have you been able to get one? Have you been able to get one for your loved ones like parents? I know a lot of people are pushing really hard to try to make sure that their parents get vaccines. Uh, also, give us a call and tell us whether the pandemic is shaping your overall outlook on things anymore. I, I get the sense that for some people, there is this eagerness to move on and move ahead and stop thinking constantly about COVID-19, stop planning your lives entirely around uh, the restrictions and disruptions of, uh, of the virus. Uh, give us a call and let us know if you're somebody who's who's trying to do that, who's trying to to piece things back together uh, and be more normal, uh, or give us a call and tell us if you still are really reluctant to to rejoin the world as we knew it before. I know I definitely fall into that category. I have been really reticent to go back to doing things that I did before. I am coming to the office uh, every day, to the studio every day to do the show. But but other than that, mostly I am at home and staying away from from most people. Uh, give us a call and tell us if you're doing that. I, I for one, am pretty tired of it, uh, but I also don't know that there's another reasonable way 
to act from uh, from at least from my perspective. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page for comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to make you part of our conversation here. Uh, Dr. Kilgore, before we get to listeners, I want to talk about, we talked a little about the difference between the the consequences here in this country and other countries. Uh, I I wonder if you want to talk about some of the factors uh, that played into how much worse this was here than it was in some other places. I, I did hear Dr. Fauci talk about talk about that a little over over the weekend, but I'm curious about your assessment of of where we went wrong. I well I think the most important thing, the number one thing was the I would say mixed messaging that was coming down from the national level. And on the one hand, Dr. Fauci was advocating prudent, kind of evidence based health intervention, preventive strategies. Uh, other individuals in the administration were communicating a different message and the fact that we could see people uh, at the national level, leaders, not wearing a mask um, was a major problem, is a major problem if that's still happening. And to the extent that that can be a unifying message or unified messaging from the national leaders on COVID prevention, vaccination, and working together and uh, really supporting each other, then I think we'll find a way through the pandemic. Uh, again, three one three five. Seven seven one zero one nine is the number here on the phones. Let's start with Craig in Southfield. Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Hey. So I was telling you, Screener, um, okay, so I didn't know my circle was this vast. Um, I, between the month of May and through August, between friends, family, and acquaintances, I've known nine people who have succumbed to the virus. Mm. And I am very anxious to get the vaccine. My wife has received both dosages because of her affiliation with the medical field. And my father-in-law, who's 88, has received both um, dosages. I'm in that in-between age at 63, mm. where I'm on every list that I can possibly sign up for. So, yeah, the, I deal with people who don't give it the severity that it deserves. Mm. And it is very difficult to interact with these individuals when they keep downplaying it, yet, no regards for the fact that they know that I've experienced losses yeah. personally. That, so it is very difficult to interact with individuals who don't who don't give it the severity that it does. So you, you kind of find yourself isolating yourself hmm. just not to break all your friendships or maintain relationships. Yeah, Craig, I, I can absolutely relate to what you're talking about, that frustration when you hear people or see people not taking this seriously when in your own life it is meeting out the most serious consequences that are that are possible it's killing people and and there are people who are gone who were here before because of of covid-19 Craig before I get back to Dr. Kilgore I'm curious once you get the vaccine will you change the things that you're doing right now in terms of response to to, to covid-19 will you go back to, to some activities that, that you had, had walked away from? Getting very comfortable in quarantine. 
I, I get such more satisfaction of just looking out the window, uh, going to the store as a highlight. Mm. Just, just being able to go out. It's, it's strange. Now the little mundane things in your life are no longer taken for granted. You know, going for a car ride around Belle Isle. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a highlight. It's, it's, so, no, I don't think I'm going to return back to no, – I do want to travel again. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I miss going places. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, what's, that's the biggest hurt is not being able to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Craig, I really appreciate the call uh, and your sharing your experiences. Uh, Dr. Kilgore, react to what Craig's talking about here. Well, Stephen, Craig mentions something extremely important, and, you know, he's experienced nine lives that have been lost in his own circle alone. So when I think of his situation, I think of at least three things that I would recommend that he do. Um, Number one, continue actually serving as an example to his friends, his neighbors, his family, uh, his community as a a leader in preventing COVID-19. And he can do that by wearing a mask, uh, double masking if he can do that, hand hygiene, social distancing, and I love the idea that he actually sought out and signed up for as many of the vaccine uh, distribution sites as possible. That's absolutely the right thing to do. Mm. He's at an age group where I would expect that age group to be coming into eligibility sometime in March. And so he's kind of one of the next tiers coming up, actually, I think. The next thing I would recommend he do is actually um, go to the CDC website and go to the uh, Michigan Department of Health and Human Services website and the Detroit, City of Detroit website and write down those website links where he sees the information on COVID-19 and prevention and write those down so he can actually communicate those sites to his friends and maybe some of the doubters even that he meets uh, from time to time. The third thing I would recommend he do, Stephen, is to write down and document the lives, those nine lives of his friends, family that have lost their lives to COVID-19 and write down their story. Write down what they experienced. Write down if he can find out from loved ones what those individuals went through as they experienced the disease. Mm -hmm. So he can document it, but also share those stories with those that may be doubting the impact of this disease and what it does not only to the individuals who get the disease, but also the families that are affected by the loss. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Again, Craig, thanks so much for the call and for sharing your experience. Let's go to Brian in St. Clair Shores. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. I've been listening to you for years Hmm. uh, since since you took over Craig's position, Mm -hmm. and I enjoy your show very much. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I'd like to say that uh, I've lost a few friends uh, in the last year due to this. They were all older. I myself had COVID twice. Uh, I'm in my mid-30s, and uh, I'm lucky I didn't get too sick from it. Um, But I think it's important that people, uh, especially around older folks, to take the precautions necessary for them and for yourself. And I think something that's being missed and not talked about a lot is uh, people need to watch what is going into their bodies, watch what they're doing. Uh, I think one of the most important things you can do is try to stay healthy because the healthier you are, the better your immune system is, the less likely you are to get sick or get other people sick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's uh, something that I don't hear much on the radio and I don't hear much on the television, but I think that's a very important point. And 
I'd like to hear people, especially doctors, get that point across more. Yeah. And uh, I will leave it at that. And thank you uh, to both of you. Brian, I, I really appreciate the call and, and you sharing your thoughts there. Dr. Kilgore, talk about the relationship between overall health and the pandemic and maybe the ability to, to make the, the pandemic less virulent if people were healthier. I don't know if there's a real connection there, but, uh, but Craig brings up, I think, an interesting point. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great point Craig has made. And Stephen, what I really like to say to people is there's a few easy things that you can try to do um, to stay on top of your health, even as we go through this uh, pandemic. Number one is make sure that your nutrition is as good as you can possibly make it. That means avoiding refined sugars. It means in your own diet, reducing alcohol consumption as much as possible because we know alcohol consumption can actually reduce the immune system effectiveness. Of course, the obvious thing, stop smoking if you are a smoker and or um, talk with your doctor about finding ways to quit smoking. Mm. Also, if you have an underlying medical condition, for example, high blood pressure or diabetes, do a checkup visit either by telemedicine, by phone, or in person with your doctor. I prefer in person and clinics have procedures set up to do that now. Uh, the in-person visit is very important to do the blood pressure check, but also have a conversation around your medications, how they're working, and how your organ function is going to maximize your health um, throughout the year, actually, and that's something you can do right now. The other thing that we know can affect the immune system are vitamin D levels, so some people will supplement with vitamin D3 that's a level that can be checked by your doctor to see if you are in need of a supplement and if your levels are low. And there's several other things that can be done, but checking in with your doctor is one of the best things to really make sure that you're dialed in on your health as we go forward throughout 2021. Okay, Dr. Paul Kilgore, Associate Professor and Director of Research at Wayne State University College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. It's always great to have you here on Detroit Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Stephen. It's great to be here. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with the creators of the Pandemic Journaling Project, which gives everyday Americans a chance to record and document their experiences living through the age of COVID-19. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today. 